back, folks. Another episode of the Big Friday Podcast, where your program is like a stop sign. It's just a suggestion. If you want to roll right through and max out, your coach will forgive you. We already talked to him or her. Evan, how are you today? I'm great. And to add to that, Brittany, I know that you have a uh, something about a lunge punishment when it comes to people coming off program, right? <laughs> So technically it's only ever happened one time. Uh, I'm an athlete. His name's Dan. He lives in Oklahoma and he wanted to go heavy. And I was like, yeah, man, just send me videos as you're doing it. Right. So we're like, okay, cool. So I got 110. We're just cruising through. It's getting a little dicey. I'm like, all right, you know, and then all of a sudden radio silence for like six minutes. I'm like, mm-hmm. something's going on on the other end. So I like waited and I kind of got distracted. So then it had been 20 minutes and I was like, hold the so I was like, I text him and I said, Dan, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I may or may not have tried 118 five times. And I was like, okay. Um, so you don't get to clean and jerk today. You're just going to do your accessories. And he was like, I don't have any accessories. I'm like, no, no, you do. You're going to load 50 kilos on a barbell and you're going to do a hundred lunges. And he just put, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only person I've ever had to do it. Um, but yeah, he likes to threaten people over social media. He'll be like, hey, just, just so you know, if you go off programming, 100 lunges. I'm like, all right, Dan. Okay. So yeah. Dan. So programs are a recommendation for everybody outside of Dan. Uh, and yeah, outside of Dan. I It's so hard sometimes, especially when people are in front of you because they'll like hit something and it looks really good and you're just like, oh, okay. But it's when those remote athletes like you know, just decide to kind of go rogue all the time. I don't know how many athletes I've had to, like, lay into before. I had this one guy out in Hawaii, and he, like, never goes off programming, but we had another athlete kind of prepping for a meet at the same time. They were buddies. So, like, I would notice Grant would go a little heavier sometimes. I'd be like, all right, it's okay. And it was, like, week three, and I was like, hey, uh, you need to fucking stop. And he was like, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. I really hope I didn't ruin your day. And then at that moment, I'm like, I can't even be mad at you. Do you think you ruined my day? <laughs> you have very polite, you have very polite clients. When uh, I when I do this to my coach, I remind him that I'm a peacock and you gotta let me fly, coach. Yeah. It sounds like probably, yours are a little nice. I'm kinda mean, so maybe you that's are. why. <laughs> I'm kinda mean. So in Dan's defense, I didn't know you were gonna talk about Dan, but I did already speak with Dan. I just okay. messaged him now. Dan told me that those five attempts were him getting ready for max out blackout at Bear Borville yeah. on April 8th. He was saying, listen, I get as many attempts as I want, up to 10. I can take five snatches at 118 if I want to. I could take six? No, he would take six. Would, he would take 10. 10, all 10 snatches? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to post a total, Dan. I don't care. I got it. I, I, I'm feeling five. it. This is fine. <laughs> He's wearing tear shoes. He gets yeah. Yeah, he gets an 11th point. He's like, right? Exactly. All right, guys, let's get into the meat of the podcast for the day. Today, we have Brittany of... Brittany, before you hopped on, I told Evan, I'm not going to go through... I'm not going to go through with this bit, but Uh my proposed bit was I was going to mispronounce Bear Barbell as many times as I could in different ways until you need to stop. Actually, you know what's funny is I wouldn't have. I I stopped correcting people a long time ago, and I just don't care. Like, at this point, I have so many people that will, like, come up to me randomly and be like, hey. And I'm like, who are you? What's up? And they're like, um, just so you know, the announcer was pronouncing it Bexar. 
and and I I corrected them, and I'm like, yo, oh, thank, you. thank you, thank you, yeah, I don't I don't care, that's whatever. The the white knights are out for you. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I just I mean, it's something I accepted purely by when I when I named it originally. I was like, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't, that's fine too. So so you were of that mindset from day one. It wasn't like two years into it. No. So when I started Bear, it was one of those things to where I worked with someone who was really big into marketing and artwork and all kinds of stuff. And I was talking to him about it because he does it for a living. And I was like, all right, like I want it geographical and I want weightlifting or barbell on the name. And I just want it to be like catchy. I don't want to name it after myself. And he thought of it. And I was like, Mark, that's so dumb. No one can pronounce it. And he was like, you mean it's genius because no one can pronounce it. And I was like, Hmm. And now that I'm summing, I'm in school finishing my bachelor's, and now that I've taken like marketing classes and stuff, I'm like, okay, all right, maybe it was a pretty smooth move. Yeah, I think marketing wise, it's actually smart, but I am your number one supporter if you ever want to change the name to Britney Barbell Club. <laughs> I am, I'm already a fan, and I'm already thinking about signing up. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, if you do it, I'm in. Like, just take your name and I'm in. I love it. Just, I don't want to put my name on it. Okay, we weren't going to name it Brittany Barbell Club. Yeah, I know. But, in, and it's nothing against people who do name stuff after themselves, but my whole goal is always for it to be, like, bigger than myself. Um, me be able to step put, away. If you put your name in it, you beat your meat while making eye contact in the mirror. Like, that's yeah. the kind of person <laughs> that you are if you name it, like, Ryan's Barbell Club. Terrible. Awful. I hate it. You suck. Yeah, it's just not my thing. And so I'm like, that's ah, the last thing I want to do. Good, good. I, I personally, I, I think the marketing idea of like making it intentionally easy, it starts a conversation. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one right there. But other than the name, which seems to be a large part of the inception story around Bear Barbell, uh, what, what else was the driving force for you? Just give the people a little bit of an intro before we dive deeper uh, uh, later on. So to make a long story short, because there's so many podcasts in which I'm like, it's cool because I think so many things we do on a, on a daily basis, it's all subconscious, right? There's so much data that shows that most of the decisions we make, we don't think about. <clears throat> I'm a very impulsive person, but it's weird because even following my gut, everything's always kind of worked out. So I don't think everything, anything was ever actually deliberate. It was more like something that I just knew needed to happen. And then the more I've talked about it on these podcasts, the more I've almost been able to make it like more like small i guess if that makes sense so really it all just started i owned another gym i had a business partner we didn't really get along we we're very different um and when covid happened i was towards the side of like let's loan out equipment let's take care of people and my business partner wasn't and so bear started purely as a safe space for people in what potentially was and became probably the worst years of their life you know everything was everything up in the air so even remote lifters that I'd already coached and in-house people in San Antonio, I mean, the house I live in right now, I only live in this house because when I started Bear, I needed the biggest fucking garage I could find in San Antonio. My garage actually is like almost the same square footage as my house. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because, yeah, it's, my house is like 1,300 square feet and the garage is like 1,250. Um, and it's detached. It's stupid. And so I was like, you know what? I can't get a commercial space. I also don't have the money because in the split, it became really ugly legally because my business partner didn't want me to leave. So I just walked away. Um, so I actually started bare with nothing. I joke around that like I went through a divorce and lost the house and uh, all the vehicles and I got all the kids. 
They can't just pay money, so it works. Um, so, you know, but yeah, so it started as giving people a safe space. I'm huge on culture. I don't tolerate, like, like bullshit. I don't tolerate assholes. And it's still the same. Like, when people walk in and they join, I'm like, if you come in here and you're having a terrible day, if it doesn't get better when you walk out the door, then I did something wrong um, in instilling this culture. So Bear really, it was... It was a necessary thing that needed to happen um, when COVID started. People needed a safe space. And that's kind of what it is. And it still is that same thing for so many people. It's just morphed into something so much bigger with different avenues along the way. How many podcasts have you been on where you've told the what is the inception of Bear Barbell? How many How many times have you done that? Maybe five. Okay. So you're pretty, you're pretty sick of it. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I don't. You have to lie to me. Yeah, I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> I've been asked a lot, like, what the whole burn the ships thing is, um, which is, like, a huge part of who we are. And then I've talked about it a lot. I think when I first started talking about it, I always felt like I was kind of, like, dancing around the situation because I never want to, like, speak poorly. It's just not how I am. I'm never going to talk bad about somebody. So I always kind of had to, like, skirt around the fact that I got, like, royally fucked over when I this all happened. And now I still don't really talk about it, but I'm okay saying that. Like, yeah, I totally got screwed, um, but I made the best of a really bad situation. And that was really only possible because I had an amazing group of people that were like, whatever whatever you're doing, we're doing it too. Um, and I still have that. It's just bigger. I think it's a, I mean, that's just a good mentality overall. It's a good, it's, it's a shitty situation to be in, but it's a really, really good test of you and your character when something like that happens. And you're kind of just left with that one choice of like, I have to, I have to make it. I have to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know why I'm doing it, and I know that I need to get it done. I think maybe it's a it's a spirit of weightlifting thing as well. It's almost like a sixth attempt, last clean and jerk, the white light moment of like this has to happen it's I, I don't know if it's specific i don't think it's specific to the sport of weightlifting but i think it's a it's a mentality that a lot of people should try and cultivate in themselves where a lot of bad shit happens but there's only one real thing that you are going to do and it's it and you got to get it done somehow yeah if you just and the whole thing is like if you know the story behind the burn of ships it's essentially just if you take failure out of the equation the only possibility is to be successful I mean, today, for example, I had an athlete who was like, hey, you know, I'm going to, can I take another attempt? And I was like, yeah, and they're like, cool, I'm going to go to this and see how it goes. And I was like, no, like, that's not how the attitude, like, if you're going to load it, you put the fucker over your head and that's it. Like, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to try it, don't even, don't even like, I don't know, watch you try something. I want to watch you do something. And it's, it's so important because weightlifting is such a crazy sport. Like we pick up an object that often weighs more than us and put it over our head. Like, it's wild. And so if you don't walk up, I actually told someone today, I'm like, yo, like, a little god complex is okay. Like, you need to walk up to that and be like, I'm a god motherfucker. Like, you just have to. Otherwise, you're never going to honestly be good at really anything. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think when people look at what I think is the golden age of like weightlifting YouTube. I think this is the reason why so many people gravitated towards personalities like John North, like yeah. Don, like like the like the shankles. Yeah, the yeah. shankles of the world because they were just like, don't 
Like, just fucking load the bar. Put it on the Hit bar. I don't care what is on it. I'm going to lift that motherfucker. And in the age of, like, hyper fixation on every detail of the program, of the lift, this, that, and the other, you've got so many people that are just scared to lift the motherfucker. Just pick it up. Just give it a tug. <laughs> give it a tug, let the back bend, hit and catch. That's all you need to do. Just one time. And that's what I'm like, dude, it's... So before I... My early 20s, I actually rode motocross professionally for, like, two years. Got super hurt. But... <laughs> Locked in. Motocross is so much scarier than weightlifting, and it requires a, also a very high level of commitment. But if you if you if you half-ass it, you'll die. So I'm like, yo, what's the worst that's gonna happen if you give 100 percent effort? Yes, at least you know you gave 100 percent effort. Take how many times have you missed before, and you're scared of it? You've survived yeah. every other time. What do you? What's what's gonna happen here? Yeah, why Shame. is this one gonna be any differently? The shame of your PR attempt is going to kill you? Oh, no. Booty freaking who. You'll be okay. Don't even need to call it a PR attempt. You just call it a really good high pull. It's a yeah. right. <laughs> At the last moment, I decided I was going to try and get under it, and I almost did. I have an athlete, Lane Palm. He's one of my... Now he's 96. And the first time he ever cleaned and jerked 175, he was only doing cleans. He was only doing cleans. He was training by himself. And he sends me a video of him clean and jerking 175. And the whole time I had been getting only cleans the whole way, right? He's just like sending me a video, sending me a video. And then the crazy thing is I didn't even watch the jerk because I'm just like doing something and I watch 175. I'm like, sick, you PR'd your clean. He was like, did you see the jerk? And I was like, what? And then I watched it and he was like, well, I figured since I already PR'd my clean, I should just go for the jerk. And I was like, well, it. what? Okay, yeah, but like this guy. I like right? this. I like this fella. <laughs> exactly that's, that's exactly how i clean and jerk 300 for the first time i was like eight months into lifting i was like mother of god i actually cleaned it there's only way, one way to go from here right i don't need a warm-up your boy stays warm yeah to put it over your head put it up there yeah i'm here <laughs> i done it uh all right so i won't ask you any of the usual what are the no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm curious. On these other five or six podcasts that you've gone through yeah. the same story, what's the one nugget of information that you haven't given them? What's the one fun fact? Oh, man. I don't know. Actually, you know what? There's a piece that I never really talked about. Um, so I, I, when I started Bear, I literally had nothing. And I had everything was like frozen during all the legal stuff. Um so I had no way to even like buy equipment or do anything. And I actually donated plasma for three months, twice a week to buy equipment. So I don't think I ever actually said that, that, uh, yeah, I literally still have like scarring, um, because I went and gave my body twice a week in order to buy the three barbells and two pen light plates that we started with. The literal definition of blood, sweat, and tears then. <laughs> Yeah, I sat in like a weird, sketchy plasma place twice a week with people that I was like, ah, oh, this is weird, but whatever. I don't know how else to make money. I'm sure I'm sure the clones that they created are very happy out there. They're perfectly normal functioning members of society. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, I think that's kind of it. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, it feels so long ago, but it's not. Um, and when you think about it conceptually, where we started and where we are it doesn't make any logical sense but it is what it is 
aside from attitude, culture, and donating plasma to start the barbell club, what <laughs> what, what what does differentiate Bear from other clubs? Like, I'm sure you see a lot of other clubs at big clubs at national meets and the way that they conduct themselves. How, what do you guys do that's different? What sets you apart? Um, I think I, I think what a lot of coaches that I feel like don't really realize is leadership is really important and the way that you act and the way that you carry yourself and everything you do on a 24-7 basis is very important for not only your athletes but like the business that you run so for myself being an athlete is really important and I've had a lot of athletes tell me that it, it they feel like they can relate to me better because like I will train with them in off hours um, sometimes I'll do the same cycles they're running so I think I think realizing that everyone's watching you and the things that you say and the way that you act is very much going to dictate even the way your athletes carry themselves. Um, you know, I have a group of amazing humans. They're respectful of each other. When we go to meets, I don't know how many times I get compliments from TOs who are just like, your people are so nice and they're so respectful. And I think some of that comes from respect towards me because they know that I would degrade them if they ever gave us a bad name but it's just because like this is my whole life and I I, I mean it's like so it's a weird unhealthy thing I guess because I don't have balance um but I love this like I had a pretty rough childhood and I definitely like through a lot of therapy didn't really feel emotions for a long time and the only thing that really makes me feel something is coaching um like man when Lane clean and 182 I started crying and that's like not me kind of a hard ass everyone thinks but I was like crying and so I think a big difference is just like how much myself as a leader just cares like I would do anything for any of my athletes to help them succeed and to get them where they want to be to the point to where I'll put them before me every single day and I'm not saying that's what anyone else should do it's not healthy it's definitely not a way to live your life um but that's just me and so I think that's probably a huge difference is just that like so many other coaches have other jobs. Like I don't have kids. Um, my wife is our other head coach. Um, this is it. Like this is me. And so for me, if I have athletes who are willing to put everything on the line to reach their goals, the best thing I can do for them is give what they're giving plus more. And so I think there's a lot of extrinsic motivation. Um, I remember the first time Lane snatched 150. It was a six kilo PR. And I remember it was a local meet. He opened at uh, 40, 42. We went to 46, which was already a PR. And then I was like, I don't even know what to load on your on your third attempt because you've already PR'd by two kilos. And I asked him, I was like, Lane, what do you want to do? And he didn't even know kilos at the time yet. And he was like, I'll do whatever you put on the bar. I was like, okay. So I loaded 50 and he hit it. And I was literally like, what is going on? And I walked over to him and I said, Lane, what went through your head? And he was like, well, I told myself, if you put it on the bar, then you thought I could do it. And if you thought I could do it, then I could. And I was like, that's pretty insane and really dangerous. Um, <laughs> like really dangerous. Uh, so I think it's just that. I think it's my athletes know that they have someone in their corner as a not only as an athlete but as a person um i don't know how often i have athletes that need to vent about work or um even at team training like when i go up to people i'm just like hey how was your day um how are things with this and i i remember 
what they do for a living, if they have any pets, if they have a significant other. Like, I remember all the little stuff that just shows people that you care. And so I think the biggest thing is just, like, really having someone in your corner who genuinely gives a fuck. I think that's huge. Um, Also, just everyone is so supportive of each other. Like, it's crazy. I've never had any weird animosity towards people that are in the same weight class. I've, I mean, I had Brianna and Anna compete internationally at Pan Ams and Worlds, and they're in the same weight class, and they're, like, best friends. And that just happened again at the Texas State Championship, didn't it? Yeah. With a handful of athletes? Yes. Yeah, I literally, in the last junior session, I had Mallory, uh, Bree, and Anna going on one platform and Mario going on the other platform, and all four of them were fighting over the U21. And I was like, look, whoever makes the most lifts wins. It's that easy. <laughs> like, I'm not picking favorites. I'll load whatever you need to win, and it's up to you. So I think uh, something that I've, you know, we've talked about this a lot at, at Gifted is like coaching in and of itself is so, so much more and so far removed from program delivery. I've talked to a ton of very good coaches and then I've talked to a bunch of mid-level coaches and a lot of the mid-level coaches, what separates you as a coach? Well, I really understand the ins and outs of the periodization and phasic potentiation, yeah. this, that, and the other. And it's like that is great i'm glad you know all that stuff but you're gonna get run over by someone like Brittany, who understands that it's so much more about people and dealing with people and the intricacies of their day-to-day life and letting them vent and like like establishing that rapport to where they believe in whatever you load on the bar they're gonna lift it for themselves and they're gonna lift it for you like that is so much more of what makes a good club good organization uh, good coach than any program design because chat GPT is coming for our ass cheats. <laughs> he, he or she or they or whatever chat GPT actually is can write a hell of a program. It's yeah. a very solid lift companion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, programming is obviously really important. Um, it's really more, in my opinion, the thought process that goes behind programming, not as much as understanding the X's and O's. Obviously it's really important to understand like, I mean, energy systems doesn't really matter in weightlifting, definitely in CrossFit, but understanding why you're programming things. But I always tell all my athletes, I'm like, you should be able to come up to me and be like, hey, why am I doing this on this day? Um, Like, it's very important, but like the best program in the world won't work if you don't feel like you have someone in your corner. It doesn't matter. You literally the best program. Like sometimes, man, shit's fucking heavy. And if you don't have a reason other than yourself in that moment to pick it up and do it multiple times as it's written, it's never going to work. Yeah, agreed. And I think a step further than that is having an environment and a club and a gym where when you are having days like that and you've got other people to be like, that shit was heavy and Brittany (laughs) told me to do it six more times. Yeah. And you have someone there to be like, I mean, you did it once, what, right. six more times at this yeah. point? Like having that environment, culture, gym around you is huge. And it can't be replicated for individuals who train on their own or maybe they're slogging by training out of a crunch fitness. It just, you can't replicate that environment. Yeah. And we, I mean, over half of our team is remote. And so sometimes I always ask myself, like, how that's, how is it? Because it's hard being a remote athlete. Um, and I think like, 
everyone being pretty close really helps um social media it's huge you know people hyping each other up tagging each other what's also cool is the bigger we've gotten the more when people travel or do things they can go drop in with people um one of my athletes Corey, is flying to japan right now and he had a layover for a day in hawaii and he dropped in with one of his buddies uh grant who trains there um also the bigger we grow the more people have training partners. Like I have multiple athletes that train together in Alaska, Oklahoma, uh, with people at North Carolina. Like it's cool because they just like have their own little, they're remote, but they train with teammates. Yeah. The problem with that for me is that my coaching is a lot of uh, control C and then a control V. So when they start, when they start training together, that's when I get in trouble. So oh, I, gotta, out. <laughs> I gotta keep them separate. Evan, don't don't look at anybody else's program. Right. Don't, don't, worry, don't worry. tell people what you're doing. Evan, you're getting the secrets. Tyler, he's getting something. There's a reason that I have to pay for my own true coach subscription. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Evan, did you have any other questions about Vera Barbell as a whole? I think we got some housekeeping to get into. It's the actual important stuff for the day. I, don't get me wrong. I love Barbell, Barbell and I love Brittany, but I, I had some really important questions that I got to ask. So wrap up no, each other. I feel like we could circle back to it, sprinkle some more in there as we okay. go, but let's get over the housekeeping stuff. Okay. Housekeeping for the day. As I was writing this script, someone brought up to me that they know someone, a man by the name of Jamie. And I don't think that there's a worse male name than Jamie. Like you're getting introduced by your friends. You're like, hey, this is, uh, you know, like Corey, and this is, you know, David, and this is my friend Jamie. And it just, I don't like it. Male names that are worse than Jamie. You have input there? What about Stacy? Oh, that, I was going to say that's not a male name, but I think I actually know. No, no. I, I think I know a man named Stacy. Yeah, I would say Stacy's pretty rough. I feel like Stacy might be worse than Jamie because Jamie could be short for like Jameson. Yeah. And Jameson's an okay name. Yeah. Stacy. Man, if your name is Stacy, people are just going to keep asking about your mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've heard that she's got it going on. I don't know if anyone can sometimes. that. Totally sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Evan, can you beat Stacy? I think Richard comes down to the nickname. Right? Yeah. Richard, you got Dick. Like, yeah. First off, that's a whole different one. Yeah, and then you've got that doesn't make sense. As far as where that goes, that's probably the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, it almost has like you. Even if you don't go by Dick, you're like, oh, my name's Richard. They're like, oh, okay. Someone's got to call you. No, no, man, that's not my name. If you play it, if you play it right though, like someone's like, oh, hello, Richard, and you're like, call me Dick. It's almost like a power. It's almost like a power move in that. Oh yeah. You're like whoa, it's not like do people call you Dick and they're coming at you with the aggression. It's like no. You're going to call me by my government, and it's Dick. Check yeah. the photo ID, dog. Florida ID. One name. It's like share or seal. Just Dick. Okay. <laughs> and that's the only thing. It's your picture, and then it just says Dick. Yeah. yeah. No middle name, no last name. It's no, just Dick. No, no. Evan, Evan, your argument was Swiss cheese. We just call, we just holes all in it. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say Dick was the bad name. I said Richard was the bad name. Okay, okay. Well, there's there's holes in your dick. There's a lot. Of, I'm noticing there already is. dick holes right here. So we can we can toss that one out. Our winner, and it's not <laughs> and it's not just because the guest. Our winner is all the guys that watch the podcast. There's nine of them named Stacy. Unfortunate. Unfortunately, we're going to block him. You'll make block him on social media. All right. My second piece of housekeeping. What 
because everyone here has done many insane things in the gym. We've all made, you know, some big Friday decisions. Tis the spirit of the podcast as a whole. What is the biggest pit in your stomach feeling in training? I have, I have two. I have two of them. Do you guys want me to start? Or do you yeah, you go first. Jump? All right. You go first. Um, my first one is when you're racking a jerk behind your neck and you feel it start to slide down your back. Ooh. Shit, that's pretty gross. That's, that's not a good one. What do you guys got? I think for me, it's, I can remember, I was thinking back about this and I think that probably the most like pit in my stomach feeling was one time I was wearing like one of those old like Harbinger Velcro belts before like two food was big and doing like a heavy back squat and just halfway up i just felt the velcro start to and come undone and i was like oh god here we go <laughs> let's see what happens here that's and a, it was about a pretty sight to see that's a lot that's a lift crisis and a body image crisis because you're like that was a belt exactly. is it me what have i been eating recently i've been tracking my macros as close as i should that's exactly what happened. I went home and I just cried for the rest of the day. I called the work after that lift and I was like, it's no more. We'll come back to this another day. How'd the lift go? Lift did not go well. Did not? It did not. It Is that did not all. wearing a belt? It actually was. Harvard. It was one of the biggest Harvard reasons. Day. I was like, I feel like, I was like, this is a crutch. This Harvard. is too much of a crutch for me. I should have been able to do that. Harbinger's a sponsor of the show, so be careful. We think your belts are great. Too pood. Throw them in the trash. More like poo pooed. Harbinger, we love you. We love you. Until two two pooed. Until two pooed wants to sponsor us and give us more money, then we're big fans. That's why it's two pooed. It's not. The they shit? can't just put poo pooed. Two pooed is more acceptable. Poo pooed. Is it like the weight? It's a it's a Russian unit of weight. So two pooed is like seventy pounds or something. Why two? Why not like thirty seven pooed? That and that's more pooed. That's a lot yeah. of poo. Yeah. Or just who's poo. pooing that much? Yeah, pit pit in your stomach feeling might be something like Evan pooed coming up on that squad. <laughs> that's, that could be it. Uh, look for our new belt release, gifted barbell Evan pooed belts. They'll be coming your way here. I'm gonna reach out to two pooed and see if they'll they're open to elaborating on whether or not it's just short for poo pooed or. They'll, you'll probably just get an email that just back just says yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Brittany? Signed. Pit in your stomach uh, feeling. It can be real like Evans or just a general thing. I used to be really bad at re-racks. Like, terrible. Like, I would just, like, slam a heavy weight right down onto my chest. But it wasn't the feeling. It was hearing everyone in the background go, <clears throat> and I wanted to be like, I'm fine. It's fine. I See, I like the, the sound of, like, the ooh in the background. It's like, I... I'm okay. A good one. Yeah, yeah. It's not a It's like you guys doubt me because you're a bunch of soft bodies. Not yeah. me. I'm a hard body. Yeah, I mean my body can handle that. Yeah, I like it. I like Don't it. mess with me. Yeah, exactly. Like these growths that I have on my neck, those don't run. That's yeah. that's the sign of someone who doesn't know how to re-rack and two doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> someone who doesn't need to learn. Yeah, someone who doesn't care enough to learn how to you learned technique in weightlifting because you're weak. I've never had to use technique because I've always been so goddamn strong. Yeah, it's never been a barrier for me, guys. Shame on you. Yeah. I do believe it was Marcus Bell who said strength is never a weakness. And there's no what CPAP, and there's no CPAPs in the jungle. Yeah. Two <laughs> of his famous quotes. 
Uh, my Sweet second the war on carbs, I hear. My second pit in the stomach is like coming down for like a hang, specifically like a low hang complex, and you feel your hook grip just like melt as you go from like to reverse the momentum back to 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 actually performing the movement from the hang, and it just like comes on. Yeah. Like, no. You're like, I might throw this at the person in front of me, or I might make it. Regardless, you don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. No one else knows. No one knows you're panicking. <laughs> that that mid-pull bar drop shoot back of yourself, yes. that was completely planned. It's part of the complex. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. that's my new mantra when I take the platform from now on. No one knows I'm panicking. First attempt, <laughs> third attempt, no one knows. On the inside, it's just panic. Yeah, that's one thing I can say. Like When I'm coaching, I always am so... And I think I was a paramedic for seven years before I just became a full-time coach. So I'm like used to having to be calm, but I'm a very anxiety ridden coach, but you would never know. There's so many times it meets, I'll like hand my phone to someone and be like, hey, can you record this? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they turn around and I'm like, cause I'm like shaky with, with my own adrenaline. Cause I have such bad control issues. It's like, I have this person that I care so much about and I'm like, okay, go get it. I'm gonna stand back here. You go do it outside. And I'm like freaking out. And then I've had people be like, you're so calm. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm actually having a fucking stroke. Just so you know. <laughs> so how much worse does that anxiety get at meets? Like, what was it? Nationals where you were running around just all over the place with athletes. It's bad. And it's really bad. It's always openers, right? That's always the worst. And then I have some athletes that um, like... Mario Marquez um, is my biggest shithead, and I've coached him for, I don't know, like five years now. And I think he has like a 30% chance of making his opener, statistically speaking. Um, Mike Gatone told me that in Peru, which is really nice to hear. So it's almost like I always just like expect him to not make it. And then the times that he does, I'm like, oh my God, like he made it. Um, It's also really nerve wracking when your athlete is like opening after people finished. There was a meet, um, I had an athlete open like nine kilos heavier. It was an Albuquerque in 21, I think. The lane opened at 143, and the next guy had finished at 35. And Lane missed his opener at 143, and I was like, you look dumb. You look dumb. I look dumb. We look like we don't know what we're doing, because every person out there is wondering why you didn't do 136. Like, no one knows your max is 152, but you look dumb. So yeah, it's it's very bad um, at meets for sure, and and it doesn't matter. Like I definitely the A sessions are way worse because um, there's just like more on the line. But I'm always kids. Kids are also make me so nervous because you never know what they're gonna do ever. They don't know what they're gonna do either. No, dude. So I have a nine year old. His name's Santiago, and he did a local meet uh, maybe like a month ago. And I was coaching a different athlete, so one of my coaches was coaching him. And I overheard a conversation, and they were like, Santiago, when you catch your snatches, catch with your whole foot. And he was like, no, 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 listen. So, <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. You need him on the podcast. Yes. So he goes, when he's a 32-kilo lifter, and he's just full of braces. He's probably two kilos of braces. And he was like, so listen, um, when I snatch on the platform, I catch on my toes all the time. So... I've been practicing catching on my toes. It's on purpose. And how do you argue with that logic? You don't. No. You let him fly. Yes. I think it, I think you could catch it more on your toes, actually. Yes. 
And I'm just like, and then he goes three for three on his snatches, and so I can't even tell him to stop. Santiago coaches himself now. Santiago is self coached. Yeah, he doesn't need he doesn't need me. He's like, no, <laughs> you're just a strategic like, advisor. Look at his performance. He's like, coach, listen, it's on purpose. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever, keep doing. It's it. an athletic position. Yes. I like the uh, I like the thought process of like a kid who had like dinosaur nuggets for lunch <laughs> shows up at the meet and is telling you like, hold on, coach. Yeah. Let me tell you a thing or two about how we snatch round here. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. He's the same kid that went up to Anna, which is one of my uh, youths who's really good. And she's just kind of like a little hard ass. And uh, he went up to her and was like, hey, just so you know, I do karate. And she goes, yeah, show me. And he goes, I don't want you to cry. And walk out. <laughs> and she was like, like, what just happened? <laughs> Coaching kids, this kid sounds incredible. Honestly, I love coaching kids. Until he's older, it's going to be amazing. So catching snatches on your toes on purpose, mm-hmm. impress, impressive. No one, yeah. no one's going to deny that. There are a lot of impressive feats in weightlifting. I think the crazy complexes that have taken to the internet have taken it too far. So like the Sunny Websters, that it's like a a clean plus a behind the neck this and that it's too much it's too much in your opinion Brittany what is the uh-huh. most impressive complex in all of weightlifting I mean I would say one of my least favorite things to do heavy like if we're working to a heavy one of my least favorite things to do um but one of my favorite things to watch one of my really good athletes do and watch people like react to it is a one plus three clean jerk like, when people just think, oh, they're just going to do a clean and jerk, right? And they're doing, like, I don't know, 150, 160, and they do, like, a clean and jerk, and then they rack it, and everyone's like, what's going on? And then they jerk what? again. Yeah. And then they rack it again, and everyone's like, what is really going on? And they hit another jerk. Um, I hate doing it. This last uh, AO1 cycle, I did give one to one So it was clean, jerk, jerk, and then you had to clean it again. Um. It was, dis- I did that cycle just to like do it with him. And it was, I, the first week I actually contemplated rewriting it for the next week. So I didn't have to do it. And then I was like. That's how you know it's a good program. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so that I would say either a one three or a one two one uh, is pretty gross. Evan, what's your most disgusting? What is it, the Bergeron clean complex, the big clean complex, where it's like that's that's too much. That's I don't even know that. I don't even know. So it's one of these things that's been floating around in the CrossFit world that Ben Bergeron put out into the universe that should have never been created. It's like a hip clean, a high hang clean, a touch and go clean, a push press, same through with all three cleans with a power jerk, same through with a split jerk. So it's like nine cleans and three jerks, and it's just nonsense. That's not a, that's that's not a weightlifting complex. You would do it like thirty percent and still be on all fours at the end of it. <laughs> exactly. Like that sounds terrible. Obviously, in more of in more of a weightlifting context, I think like that uh that clean complex that Meso does when he's just like training or warming up, where he'll just do like a heavy clean into like three quick touch and go like high hang cleans into a jerk with like two hundred and ten kilos, and it's like. In SpongeBob and Patrick weightlifting shoes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's one that's so impressive it almost doesn't make sense. Like I don't understand how he like creates the vertical force 
to get like the bar moving again to get back like to secure himself under it like it, how does it look good like how do how does not how does can i not see any fatigue on this not, like i think the craziest part about it for me is if you take one of those videos and you just slow it down the bar moves maybe like three inches throughout yeah. that entire complex until that last stand up of the clean yeah yeah yeah, so it's honestly that like he's not even moving the bar vertically after like the first time. <laughs> he's just moving it around. Exactly. We see around it. I think mine is probably similar to Brittany's is the Bella complex that made its way into the Rogue Invitational that one year. It is no. a clean, a clean plus a jerk plus a re rack front squat jerk it again. Yeah, it's gross. I think that. Oh, that's what Gui hit for like something stupid right he did i think he did 367 conversion yeah when i did, i think it's or no like one i think it was no, like 160 170 i think it's like 166 he did. that's the brazilian guy right yeah 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 okay he just did 180 at uh at Wadapalooza. he hit 180 <laughs> animal it's yeah. wild it's it hits it in like manos don't matter don't Is matter he- is he really good at CrossFit? I mean, obviously he's pretty good no. at CrossFit. Okay, no. that's kind of that was so point. like, <laughs> yes, in that he's like very good compared to most people. But when you put him in the elites, it's like okay, Guy is here to win the max lift, and yes. then we're gonna and then we're gonna push him to the side and be like, okay, yeah. buddy, you go do the other stuff now. Um, but so like, he's like a, a gold medal snatch and like a C session clean and bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And like weightlifting world, be like, yes. all right, yeah, you go show up, and then he's definitely. He's probably an 81. He'd probably, probably like a medal at any in, in American, Pan-American competition. Yeah, so he's he's a, probably an 81. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be a light 81. And he, on any given day, could probably snatch 145, clean and jerk, 180 to 185. So he's brain in Victorian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His Brazilian brand in Victoria. Yeah, he's yeah. Brazilian brand name. Yeah, it makes. But he just he runs sometimes. Yeah, he really? doesn't do that. No, none of that stuff. Not anymore. Those days are behind him. Yeah. All right, uh, that brings me to the end of my housekeeping. That's all I got, guys. That's all I had. It's unfortunate, but it's come to our conclusion. Uh, do we have announcements for the people? It's all right. Announcements. We do have a couple. We've got what? First and foremost, Max Out Blackout coming up. Jay. Wait. Put the shirt on the screen. We will have the shirt and the logo. by the time this comes out. Shirt, logo. Now, logo. And then just for shits and giggles, put that cloak off clip that we had on uh, last episode up just right now with Ryan making his wonderful noise. Ryan, do you want to make it again? Uh, no thanks this week. Okay. Um, but I will accept also a Thomas, a Tomas Pigeon flying across the screen <laughs> perhaps. I'll accept that as well. <laughs> Perfect. But Max out Blackout, April 8th. Bear Barbell in San Antonio. Registration is open. Early registration ends February 14th. So if you want to get your Valentine something for Valentine's Day because you slacked on that, sign them up for a fun competition. Hey, even if they don't know how to do weightlifting, it's fine. You get 10 attempts. It's actually, yeah, better. It's actually better if you don't know how to weightlift. It's probably yeah. a more You'll learn. experience. <laughs> Throw them in the deep end. Sink or swim. Just remember. Don't have to worry about a press out. It's bench, no. pressing, it's bench pressing curls. That's weightlifting. You get 10 attempts at each. Show up in your best pair of Converse. Um, and then maybe like some denim overalls to set the look off. And just be ready. Not Nike Blazers? Eh, I'm more of a Nike Monarchs guy. You know? Yeah. A little bit of weightlifting. 
hit the barbecue after i'm working the grill no one's gonna question me if i got those suckers on that's fair that uh, is fair that is true make sure you follow get the barbell club and bear barbell on all socials uh if you need some weightlifting assistance on the coaching side of thing all the people on this podcast are weightlifting coaches they're all very good at it i'm probably the worst so i'm flanked by uh a1 and a2 here on this uh pod and of course today's sponsor is your mom uh, she's a big fan of the show, so thanks to the viewer's mom. Uh, really appreciate that. It, it's actually Stacy's mom. She is the sponsor for today's. Uh, Brittany, anything you want to leave the people with? Words of wisdom? You dropped a lot. They should... Uh, no, I always feel weird getting all emotional about these things because everybody thinks I'm so tough because of my tattoos, but no, I'm good. You're pretty tough. I think you're tough. Uh, it's literally just the tattoos. That's it. The, the toughest. We'll wrap piece. it up with the tattoo conversation then. What's favorite tattoo that you have? Oh god. Well, I don't know. So uh, I've started. So I have two sleeves. Um, one of them is like a nine eleven memorial, which is why I became a paramedic. And then I have like a, a Buddhist kind of Hindu sleeve but my left leg is currently being slowly well it's not slowly it's already like halfway down i have like a travel leg so for all the countries i've been going to my tattoo artist molly who's like amazing out of austin has been doing something for each country so in the last 18 months i think i was in like nine countries so um i do have this super badass jacked um minotaur looks like supposed to be for greece but my favorite tattoo is actually when Layla and I were in Peru. Um, we went and got tattoos in a Peruvian tattoo shop where they didn't speak any English. Um, and they separated us at one point, and I thought I might get kicked out of the story. So, and the crazy thing is, like, so we go to this tattoo shop, we made an appointment, um, and we just got these little, it's both on our leg, and it's like a little mountain range and an alpaca. Super cute, definitely white girl shit, right? So we go to this tattoo shop, and they're like, all right, well, Layla's going to get tattooed here, but you're going to come with me. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Not thinking, Layla doesn't even have cell phone service, and she doesn't know where the fuck I'm going. I just follow this dude. Go upstairs, go into this other studio. The guy's tattooing me, and I'm literally sitting there thinking, like, okay, what has to happen for me to, like, kick him in the face? And, like, run out the door and go find Layla. Like, what if someone kidnaps her? How am I going to explain that to Team USA? Like, hey, remember I said we were going to go get coffee real quick? I lost her. <laughs> um. So my favorite tattoo is probably I have, like, a little alpaca that I got uh, in Peru with Layla. So that was cool. I was hoping that that story would end with, and then 72 hours later, I woke up and I was the back third of a human centipede. No. So imagine specifically the back third. Yeah, the back. <laughs> My disappointment. Well, okay, question. Would you rather be the back third or the front or the middle? Front. For sure, you got to be the front. You're not eating, <laughs> If you're the front, you're not eating any dookie. What about the middle? The middle's got it rough, but you're at least dookie in someone's mouth. So yeah, you're eating it, but also the back half, you don't, you're just eating dookie and then dookieing it out. Like that's, well, you don't get it. If it was the middle, you could hide it. You could just like wear a long shirt or you just be like, why can't you squat? Nobody has to know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're more worried about like the social anxiety of people knowing that you're yeah. part of a you. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that, that does make sense. 
I would be just worried. Think about like that. normal-ish, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. That Evan, what about you? Which which in? Oh, that's. <laughs> I don't even know. These are all such good arguments. The front is the easy cop out. The back is just miserable. The middle is easy cop. The middle, I think, the you go numb in every aspect so quickly in the middle. You have someone just munching your booty. You're eating, you're eating somebody's booty. So you're just like, I don't Is it, is it a net neutral? I don't know. Do those two cancel out? But net, that's like, is it, well, it depends. How are you? Like two positives, two negatives? It depends where you where you it, fall. It depends on where you fall. Individual choice there. I feel like that's like a sumo deadlifter's dream, right? Just a fucking, just like, go <laughs> to a hole and you're just like, boom. I think if I... One of my favorite things to do is go up to athletes, like, and they're in the middle of team training. Like, I think I sat down, like, a week ago with three of my athletes. I'm like, hey, question. And they're like, what's up? I'm like, all right, would you rather wear the same pair of underwear for a whole week or the same pair of socks for a whole month? And they're like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah, what's your answer? Socks. Yeah, socks for sure. Do you take them? Do you take them off or do you just, like, straight through? No. Can't ever take it off. Nope, can't turn it inside out. Nothing. No, no. Sh- sh- so showering in the garment. Yep. Me, I'm gonna go skinnies. I'm yep. rocking the same undies. I guess if you Three want, you wash them correctly. But then you gotta like air dry walk or I mean, yeah, wet no. socks are good. Yeah, wet socks is rough. Yeah. Putting your wet socks in. Yeah, I, I live in Florida where we don't ever wear socks or shoes. I can't have thing. I can't have foot prisons on for an entire month. Uh, I guess that's valid. Florida people are a little built different, dog. Yeah, built missing some issues in Chrome. Some people, yeah. I think I think I posted it on your post. I said there's built different, and then there's us built incorrectly. That's us down here. Uh, that's where we'll leave you guys today. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. As always, send this to your friends. Don't give them any contacts. Just send it to them. Are they a weightlifter? We don't care. Just send it to them. They'll enjoy it regardless. Little Would You Rather and Human Centipede at the end. That's a can't miss episode right there. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. But, you know, as always, take a clip from this, post it on your story, tag your coach, say these guys gave me permission to uh, max out. We'll handle the rest. So you're welcome. We'll see you next time around. I'm big, I'm big, I'm big, I'm big, I'm big.